What's the truth, damn it? And he yells, I'm afraid. When he yelled, I'm afraid, I'm sitting on the couch eating dinner, and I'm fucking bawling my eyes out. I'm, I'm about to right now. Oh, my God. What's going on, everybody? It's uh, it's me, Caesar. I'm uh, I'm back with the I don't know I don't even know what episode it is. Lost track after my two week hiatus. Uh, <clears throat> I think it might be episode like nine or something, something like that. Whatever. Uh, there's a thousand of these, so that's the goal. You know, next one, rolling on to the next one. Um, I appreciate everyone taking the time to tune into this one. It's the first one back after a couple weeks, but, uh, this one is, this one's pretty, this was going to be pretty eventful, pretty cool. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. I'm going to talk about, I don't know, some weightlifting, some, some fear, some, some goals, some good stuff, but, uh. All that matters is that you're here after two weeks and you don't hate me. How is, how are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm definitely I'm definitely good. Uh I missed you. I miss talking to everybody. I get nonstop shit from my dad for not taking all my podcast stuff to like big meets and, and I don't, I don't, I can't understand why it's not like it's a good opportunity to talk some, you know, talk to some good athletes, but, uh, the, the last meet that we did, I think we had spoken about it on like episode seven or eight, something like that was the, um, (coughs) was the, uh, under 25 national championship out in, uh, Las Vegas. And, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. That was that was definitely a fun time. We were out there from uh, we as in like Bailey, Megan, Sage, and my homeboy Chris. We were all out there, and then uh, and then my homegirl Mel, she came out there, and so did my other homegirl Jay. They they all came out there. It was Jay's birthday, and they were gonna celebrate. But we were out there for for weightlifting. So that was pretty that was pretty fun. We were out there from Thursday. Thursday to Monday morning. This is a pretty long vacation. Pretty, you know, it was, it, it's like a, I don't know if you could really call it a vacation because all we were doing were, all we were doing were, was just sitting down and watching weightlifting, but training and eating. So it's kind of what we do regular. I mean, I, I wasn't at work, but <coughs> I guess when you're trying to make weightlifting your work, that's, uh, it's kind of like work, I guess. Um, but yeah, we, we drove out there Thursday afternoon, took about three and a half hours to get out there. We were doing like 95. So that was pretty cool. We got to the hotel. We stayed at the actual 
we said at the actual hotel, the Westgate, the Westgate was, uh, was where, was where it was held at. Uh, there's a significance to the Westgate too, cause that's, that's pretty important. And we'll talk about that later, but, but, uh, but yeah, it was at the Westgate hotel. Uh, that's where they had American open series three last year in September. That's where they had like 14 million weightlifters go and sign up and have sessions all the way to the Z session. That was pretty tight. So it was, it was small and compacted. There were only three. <coughs> Sorry. Gosh, I need to take a drink. Excuse me. I'm going to take a drink of this bourbon. Uh, okay. That was, that was a mistake. All right. Uh, so it was, it was condensed down to, oh, that's warm. Oh, it's warm in my chest. It was condensed down to three platforms on the, uh, I guess when you're walking in on the left side, the red, white, and blue platforms, uh, USA, Team USA. And then on the right side, they had the, uh, what was it? Was it the Youth Worlds or the Junior Worlds? Uh, there was a lot of people. There was a lot of people coming from different countries, which was, that was pretty tight. Just seeing all these kids that are much better than all of us just walk around and uh and just go and lift on all the usaka stuff the it was cool there the there was just a lot a lot to the weekend <coughs> a lot to the weekend there's half of it was set up for for u25 and and u25 like university nationals all that kind of stuff so we lifted on the rogue equipment on on the far side um Last year, the training hall was in the uh, the bigger pavilion, the the bigger the bigger conference hall. Uh, it was taken up by the by the Youth Worlds this year. So there were the Youth Worlds and the International Open, the Vegas Open. So a lot of Team USA and a lot of uh, the good athletes were there to put their name down for the Olympic qualifier to help their chances for for Tokyo. But it was uh, it was split up. So a lot of them were they were training over there on the big, the big part of the hall, all the Usako uh, equipment, and then us, us you little U twenty five ers we were over on the on the other side, and and we were competing on the rogue stuff. So it was it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it was just a it was a really fun weekend. It, it we got to sit around and eat and lift weights and train and and do all the stuff that that. I love doing. I wish I could do that stuff every day. Uh, just that. I had other stuff to do. But um but yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a good good time. I think the only issue I mean the whole I would say I'd rate the weekend like a nine out of ten. The only issue was that my hotel room that I shared with Bailey and, and Megan was hot as shit. We were on the twenty sixth floor and oh my god. It was so hot. Like we walked in and normally I'm the kind of guy who walks into a hotel room. I'm going to set, <coughs> I'm going to set that. I'm going to set that thermostat all the way down to 48. If I could, I set it down, but I was sweating the entire weekend. Nothing, nothing got cool. <sighs> yeah, it was pretty warm. It's pretty warm in this room right now. Oh my God. 
um for for everybody who is is following along visually on youtube the all three of you uh you can you can kind of see in front of me that there are some cool little necklaces i didn't i didn't i mean i guess i paid for them i paid the registration fee but there's some cool little necklaces um for uh for let's say usa weightlifting and uh those those necklaces those are the the medals that i had i had won over the uh over the weekend let me see they're pretty heavy let's see if i can make some noise with them they're pretty they're pretty heavy i ended up coming away with with a uh a bronze medal in the snatch definitely was not my best snatch day but you know what are you gonna do when when your wrist hurts and you're coming off of a of a wrist injury and you don't do snatch balances or any overhead work for six months you can't fucking snatch at all um a silver for overall total in the u25 category so for plus 109 in the uh in the u 25 category I, I came in second overall yeah with uh not my best total definitely not my worst but not my best it was i think it was like 316 317 um david george kind of smacked my ass and uh <laughs> it definitely didn't let me didn't let me forget it with his 150 snatch um that dude's a he's a really talented weightlifter i think he's coming off an injury too so it's it's really cool to see you know, how, how fast of a recovery he's made coming back and, and, you know, same Z's for me. Um, and I guess the, the medal that I'm most proud of is the, uh, the gold medal. That's pretty tight. The gold medal that I got for, for clean and jerk. And, and that medal means a lot to me for a couple different reasons. Um, I guess, I guess we can start. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can just kind of, kind of go into it. We'll, we'll start by, we'll start from the very beginning. Um, six months ago, uh, six months ago exactly, on Sunday, the sixteenth. So it was like five months and a couple weeks. We were out at the. American Open Series 3, so the one that I had mentioned previously with the 14,000 weightlifters all coming out, which is good for the USA. You know, it's it's excellent for them. You know, new weightlifters, new talent. There's nothing better than that. Just sports coming up, sports getting popular. That's excellent. So we were, we were at the American Open Series 3. And it was same, same hotel, same Westgate hotel, uh, uh, same platform too, the white platform, you know, being a, being a big guy, I'm not going to compete until Sunday every day. And it was actually the, Oh, every single, every single time I'm not going to compete until Sunday. And the other cool thing about it was that it was my first a session ever since I've started weightlifting. I've only been in two way, two a sessions and, and, the most recent one being the the second one, but the first a session, a, a session that I was ever in was, was the, uh, was the American open series three. And that one, that one was the one that I'm talking about now. You know, there's a lot of, 
it was cool. It was a lot of uh, new pressure. I was going up against guys like I, I'm not sure how to say his last name. I, it's Kaiser Wit, Kaiser Witty, that dude who trains with uh, Alex Lee and and Shaheen. Like those guys, like those guys are really good. He's he's a very strong individual. He went out to worlds. Like he's a good he's a good nice guy. He's gentle giant. That guy's super tall, but he's super nice. He's very strong. I was going up against guys like that and, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, just, a, you know, realistically, just a, a bunch of guys that have been in the sport longer than I have, are much are older than I am, you know, have that experience. I just felt like I was out of my league. So that being said, I, I wanted to prove a point that, yeah, I'm only 21 and I was on the books 21 at the time. So I'm, I'm the youngest person there. Youngest person there, you know, going, going toe to toe with these guys. And I, it kind of felt like, I kind of felt like, like Rocky, like Rocky Balboa. And we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. But so I was, I was competing with these guys and, uh, Snatches didn't go so well. Uh, same thing. Uh, I made the snatches. I made my. I made my first snatch at one forty three. One forty three. What is that? I can't do the math. Oh poop! That's three fifteen. Three hundred fifteen pounds. So one hundred forty three kilos. I, I made the. I, I I think I missed or made the first snatch. Second. Oh, I made the first one. Got red lighted because my elbow. Second one. I missed it behind me. Made the last one. Um, and on clean and jerk, on clean and jerk, we went 180. I missed the first one, 180 again. I made that one. So I posted a total and then for whatever reason, for whatever reason, call it, you know, blind and sheer intensity or just that kind of naivety that you get for being young and, and dumb and courageous. Um, I, I, wanted to make a big jump and kind of make a big statement because I had almost made it in training a couple weeks prior and the personal best was 187 kilograms. So we decided to go from 180 to 190. Sage and I decided to go from 180 to 190. That's a decision that we both made and try to take a risk. I mean, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, uh, if I would have made it, I believe I would have gotten third place at American Open Series Three with really good guys there, and that was that was cool. That was something that was amazing. I would love to have done that, um, but it didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't come to fruition, and I ended up. I pulled the shit out of it, kind of, really slowly. It was like a deadlift to a hit hit off my hips, go up two inches and try to do my best to sneak under it. And you're not supposed to sneak under a clean. Um, my left arm came around it, wrapped around it, and, and I front racked it on the left side. But my right elbow, just a tad little bit slow. And I ended up hitting my right elbow on my right knee, which caused all the weight all 419 pounds of it to just 
smash into my left wrist and just mash it all, just push it all back. Like if you can, most people can't, you, you could try to touch your thumb to your wrist or like thumb to your forearm. That's what the bar kind of forced me to do. Like that whole thumb, forefinger and middle finger, that whole area, small bones on my wrist, all that stuff was just kind of mashed and tore up and it was just shitty. It was my first real injury in the sport. The first really big injury in the sport that almost took me out. <coughs> yeah, and I'm like, I mean, I've talked to afterwards. Like I, I've, I've, sp- I've spoken to people that are, you know, family members of of my coach and like, like her brother Casey uh, and and her sister-in-law Natalie like they both had the same kind of wrist injury like wrist injury Natalie actually broke her wrist doing it and that was had that something that happened when she was younger I believe when when she spoke to me it happened when she was really young and and she made a full recovery and then ended up going to to the Olympics it's like it's it's it was something that was that was possible to overcome Casey did the same thing like he he got injured pretty much the same exact way and and came back and and kicked ass and and really managed to to do his best with that injury and and you know that was and I I'd spoken to them directly because they had come out to visit and that was always that was good to hear just knowing that you just got to take time take time with that injury just just let it heal and take time and and uh I remember, I remember after getting hurt, just kind of sitting there and dropping from, I was in, I was in third, I was in fourth place from dropping to fourth place down to fifth place. And, and after Kaiser, <laughs> after Kaiser came up and clean and jerk to like 216 to something like that to qualify for roles. It was cool. It was really cool. Um, I remember being proud of my performance, you know, fifth place in, in, an A session at any competition with the top guys, that's, that's a really good thing to do regardless of situation. That's a really good outcome. And yeah, I was, I was definitely proud of myself for doing it. Um, but I was still, I was still hurt, you know, like I was, my, my wrist was hurt the following day, the following day, that Monday we'd packed up from our Airbnb left I iced it, all that stuff. I, after, I mean, and in USAW does a really good job at having their, their health and fitness and like their medical team in the back. And I talked to a couple people and they told me it's, it's definitely messed up. There's definitely some issues with it. Don't know what extent you have to go to the doctor, but they, they took care of me. So shout out to you, Sal. What's up? Uh, yeah, they, they've, fixed me up for a little bit and and then the next day I drove home from Vegas and that was without a doubt the longest car ride ever cuz you know there's nothing for the first couple hours leaving Vegas I mean like the first 3 hours until you hit like Barstow in those California cities there's nothing but desert desert and sand and all that stuff so it's just kind of sitting there and I'm driving, just sitting there thinking to myself, like, 
fuck. Like, I almost had it. Like, watching the video, I almost had it. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe I, I messed it. Like, I can't believe I missed it. I can't believe any of this. Like, I'm fucking hurt. I was pissed. I was sad. I was disappointed. I was... There's a lot of things that, that can happen to you mentally after something like that, like an injury, something that takes you out from what you do, something that really fucks with with your core and, and who you are as a person up to that point. And, and uh, the funny thing about it was like going up to that point, and I, I never... I remember that meet because I remember being a <sighs> truth be told. And this is, this is something that I want to be completely honest about. <sighs> truth be told going into that meet, I had prepped properly. I had done, I had done the work. I had done the program. I'd done what I was supposed to do when I was at the meet competing in the back room, doing all this stuff, warming up, all warming up between attempts, all that stuff. I was, I was fucking around. Like I was dicking around and not paying attention and not, not focusing as much as I should have. There's a lot of things that I could have done different. There's a lot of things that I could have focused on better in my movement, all that stuff. But no, I was just in the back being a little slap dick, 21 year old, kid who's competing with the big dogs want to show them who I am and and I'm not doing a good job not representing myself my team my coach all that stuff so I, I that was a huge kick in my in my ass after I had gotten hurt because I knew that that was a big factor um I don't know if I don't know if Patrick Patrick remembers this, but Patrick Kern, Kern and Patrick and, and I were sharing a platform in the back and it's, it's always cool. Cause him and I have competed several meets together, but Patrick, I do, I do apologize if, if when we were in the back room, I I'd said or did anything that was disrespectful to, I didn't, I didn't disrespect him. I didn't say anything to him, but for the conduct of being in a back room, I shouldn't. I should have behaved better with someone who was performing. You know, Patrick went six for six that day, and I almost broke my wrist. So that comes with knowledge. That comes with learning the sport. That comes with learning about your competitors and, and all that stuff. Because Patrick is a really good weightlifter, and I'm glad to have competed with him. I'm glad that he kicked my ass. <laughs> um, but you know, it's that that was definitely something that that messed with me. It's that it's pride it's that pride that you have for everything that you do it's coming back and it's it's stinging stinging it's uh, what is it pulp fiction he's like you feel that sting it's it's that's pride fucking with you and that's what it was it was all the pride that i had as a young cocky asshole it came back to me in in a way that i didn't think it was going to because I did think I was indestructible. I did think that I, up until that point, I had done nothing but progress and get better and better and better. And I know that, and that's a, that could be the case with anything that you do. You know, work, arts, I mean, art probably not because there's going to be a lot of times where you have to grind really hard. But anything that you do 
anything that you do that you want to have as a career, your passion, you're going to have to struggle. You're going to have to fail and you're going to have to eat a bunch of shit. And I hadn't really done that up until that point. It was just kind of handed to me because I'm naturally strong, naturally athletic. But when faced with the challenge of getting hurt and that adversity, oh my God, did that, was that the worst thing that I've ever had to do? Absolutely. Because that was the first time that I had been challenged with that. Training's hard. You know, training's hard. Competitions are hard. Pressure and all that stuff, that's all hard. But it's not like, it's not It's not. you get injured or you stop 100%. And now it's life coming crashing down on you going, what are you made of? Who are you? What are you doing now? Anyway, back to, you know, driving back. A lot of it was just silent. I was talking to Bailey. I was driving. She was in the passenger seat. But not too much talking, not too much anything because I'm just sitting there in in my fanny pack full of feelings. And my fanny pack full of feelings and, and not really... And not really doing anything about it. I'm just sitting there going. Wow. This is where we're at now. I'm just. Bum. I'm just hurt. That's it. So we get. You know. Back to our apartment. It was just her and I. Her and I living together. And. And we get back to our apartment. And. And. That was just kind of it. We were moving out in a month, so it was a really shitty time after that. It was a really shitty time after that, and, and not to not to dive too deep into it, but it and it it just adds to the it just adds to the to the whole theme, the whole way, the the whole cue of what I'm trying to say. So I'd gotten hurt. I'd gotten hurt on that Sunday. We drove back home on Monday. And on Tuesday, I was let go from a job. I was let go from my primary job, my main job. And, oh, that sucked. You know, truth be told, I mean, I didn't, I, truth be told, I didn't enjoy the job. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy being there. I learned a lot. And I'm very grateful for the time that I spent there and the, the connections I've met and the people that I work with. Absolutely. Um, but as far as the actual work, that was something that I was not uh, equipped for. And, and it came back to bite me in the ass and, and yeah, I, I did my best, but I, I got fired, which is kind of like the recurring theme of, of what happened over, over the weekend, the prior weekend where, you know what? I I felt like I did my best at the time. I felt like I did my absolute best, but it wasn't enough. So following, you know, following day, it, same thing. I got, I felt like I did my best at, at the job that I possibly could. And then I got fired. Um, and then I, I missed out on a, I missed out on a, on a good opportunity. It was a, 
is a company that I was working for, but I missed out on a, on an opportunity with them because I had let, I had let a lot of, basically I just made a, a bunch of excuses and I made a bunch of excuses as to why I couldn't do things. And I, you know, it's the same thing. I, I thought I had done my best, but I didn't. So the last one was, it was more my fault than anything. All three of them were my fault, but that, that last one was, that last one was definitely was, was I had more control over that situation. And then I kind of blew that one. So I got, I, I got injured I lost both jobs that I was working with. And then I was just kind of sitting there again, digging into my fanny pack of misery and just pulling out every, every excuse, every reason, every person to be mad at every reason as to why it didn't work. Every, whatever, whatever I didn't train. I, I didn't train enough. You know, I didn't train enough. I didn't focus in on training. I had a lot of bad days. My program was too short. Or, you know, the jump, the jump between the two times, you know, I think it was, I might've been a short program, something. And then I started getting mad at people. I started getting mad at, at my dad. I started getting mad at my teammates. I started getting mad at my coach. I started getting mad at everybody. And I didn't pinpoint the, I, I didn't pinpoint it. The fact that it is it, it, a lot of it is just my fault. You got to take responsibility. You got to take a lot of responsibility when things go bad, because if you don't, if you start pointing fingers at other people, you start pointing fingers at I'm not the way I am, or I am the way that I am, or I didn't do, I didn't succeed because of you, because of this, you're in for a rough time, bro, sis, sup, you're in for a really rough life if you, if you don't take responsibility for for your actions. So, you know, long, uh, long story short, after, after losing jobs, I had to go back to a job that, you know, was good uh, opportunity, you know, just went back. So I, I kind of went back with my tail between my legs and had to make the best of the situation, which is the job that I'm still, I'm still at now. Um, Went to the doctor, got got a uh, an MRI, looked at my wrist, and nothing broken. So there's nothing broken in, in the small bones of my wrist. Uh, although my <laughs> although my uh, my PT and and Marae from Olympus Movement Performance in uh, in Vista, California, uh, give them a shout out. I can give them a call. Go see them because they're really good. Uh, she, she looked at it and she's like, yeah, there's, there's probably something wrong in there. There's definitely something wrong in there. Uh, I don't think they diagnosed it right, but that's neither here nor there. But she looked, uh, I, so I went to the doctor, nothing was broken, air quotes around broken, nothing was torn, but it, it hurt, man. There was nothing that I can do with that wrist, with that hand for a while, for a while. And that was, that was a big bummer because I don't know, whatever it is that you choose to do, whether it's training, whether it's cooking, writing, podcasting, filming, whatever it is that you do, if you're 
forced to not do it, I I can like 80%, like 80% of the time, every time you're going to miss it and you're going to feel like shit because you don't do it. And I've always, I've always done that. I've always felt that way. Like if I don't train, I fall into a really shitty depression and it just gets really bad. And then, then my fanny pack of misery just gets even bigger and more and more excuses. Um, so that's, that's what ended up happening. I just kind of took it out on, on everybody else. It just was a big poopy pants asshole that didn't want to talk to anybody. Didn't want to do anything. Didn't want to interact with anybody. And, and it was just because I got hurt. I was off of, I was, I didn't train for maybe two weeks Two yeah, I didn't do, I didn't move at all for like two weeks. And around this time we were moving back from our apartments back into my dad's house. So I couldn't pack anything. I was moving with one arm. Oh, it was the most frustrating time of my life. That was the absolute worst. We moved back to my dad's house. And then shortly after that, we got our own home gym, started acquiring, <laughs> acquiring all these, uh, all the pieces of wood and, and the equipment from PR lifting. Uh, I got myself the, the same bar at the competition, the, the Pierce bar from rogue that, that bars really good. Um, even though I couldn't do anything with that, just sit there and look at it. And, uh, finally went to I went to the doctor again my primary after going to the ER after that they referred me over to the orthopedic I went to the orthopedic the orthopedic told me you you can lift weights again gradually you just got to be smart about it but what we're gonna want to do I mean we're gonna want you to get an MRI go and we'll do we'll we'll see the results and see what happens so uh, she referred me to get the mri i got the mri came back after a couple days like there was about oh it was about two weeks so the i really didn't i didn't move at all i didn't move at all for about a month finally i get a call early in the morning one day from the doctor and they say they want to put a cast on my arm because they want to isolate it and I get the, I get the cast on. They put a, they put an orange cast on my wrist. I miss that thing. No, not really. But they put an orange cast on my wrist, and I'm immobilized for about a week. And they, uh, they have to, I have to be in the cast for a month. But they put me in the cast for a week, and I'm like, cool, okay. Everything else feels okay. I don't really have to use this arm. So I, I get back to moving, get back to squatting, get back to that kind of stuff. And after a week, I kind of ruined my cast and broke it because they didn't use enough material. So I had to go get it replaced. I had to go get it replaced and I, I got two casts, but uh, I got a, a nice big blue one that was sturdy and, and didn't move. They That one was the one that worked. So after that, I was in the cast for about a month. So went back to went back to an old job sitting here with the cast haven't moved at all and i'm just being a real big poopy pants i was really big poopy pants mentality it's big poor me woe is me kind of 
kind of life at that moment. But I know I was probably a real big pain in the ass to be around. And I apologize to my teammates. I apologize to my girlfriend and my dad. I apologize to my coach. I apologize to everybody. I, I, I wear my heart and I wear my heart on my sleeve. And, and that was a really rough time for me. Um, so fast forward to getting the cast off. So getting the cast off, I just, I got the cast off. All I was doing at that point was just squatting, was doing too much. And uh, I get referred to go to like physical therapy, but I know my place is probably much better. So I went and I absolutely a hundred percent better because the first thing that Anne-Marie told me was, why did they put you in a cast? <laughs> they should not have put you in a cast. Uh, so I, I started getting worked on and, and gradually, gradually over time, seeing what we could do as far as mobility. So afterwards, after, after getting worked on, I would go every two weeks and then I finally started moving around. I started doing different things. I started, instead of just squats, I, I would do pulls and, and other stuff. No conventional lifts, nothing, nothing really too big because I did not want to hurt myself. And now this is about September, October, November. This is about November, probably like late October. Yeah. Late October, early November where I start doing close grip stuff and I started doing close grip stuff because keeping stuff close grip doesn't crank on your wrists as much. Uh, so I was just doing like close grip snatch balances, push presses, just really light snatch stuff with close grip. And I started making progress again really fast. Like I started coming back really fast and being really, really comfortable under the bar with, with lightweight and just started moving again. And, and I was happy again. I was doing my best, doing my best when I was my at my absolute worst. And, and I was at that, at that time, I just, there was nothing to prove. I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to get back to what it was that I loved doing. So through, yeah, through the month of November, just doing nothing but snatch stuff. And I ended up coming back and, and made some serious progress where over the course of, over the course of the month, month and a half towards the middle of like December, I started snatching again and started getting up to the heavier weights, like back up to like 110 and 120. And and it was crazy. Everyone was like, dude, you're making some crazy wicked progress. Like it's insane. Like it's good to be like, you're lucky. You're super young and super malleable, but, but yeah, I did. I was, I was moving really well and, and moving heavier weight really fast. And that was, I was very happy with that. The fact that I didn't lose anything. I hadn't clean and jerked. I did not do any clean and jerks until until January 1st, of 2019. So January 1st, 2019, we do the first clean and jerk and and it was really light, just started moving around and, and again I'm like, okay. I'm finally I'm finally getting to the place where I'm coming back. And I'm I'm still dealing with the the recourse of 
that depression just kind of crumbling off and just kind of peeling off of me where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm back to doing what it is that I like to do. I'm happy. But at the same time, I'm really not because I'm still angry and I'm still, and I didn't know it at that point, but I was still afraid. I was more angry than anything. And I was more angry at, at, at everybody else still. Over, over the next couple months, we started making pretty big progress on snatch and clean and jerk. I was hitting close to about one thirties on snatch, you know, and, and pretty much like the 80% range of where I used to be. And on clean and jerk going back up to like one sixty, which is still like 75, 80%. And then finally came time to actually test to, to actually test how heavy we can go. And, and, uh, I, I had worked my, I worked my way up to about 175, you know, 385 pounds. And I had done it for the first time. I had done it for the first time. I would say maybe a month, month of January or in March, January, February, March. Towards the end of, towards the end of January, yeah, towards the end of January, probably start of February, where I had started clean and jerking heavy again, heavier again, right at like that 90 percent, and I could not, for the life of me, put any other weight on the bar. Anything over 175 kilograms absolutely terrified me. Like I have, I have never been more afraid of anything than a bar with 180 kilos on it. 180. Okay, I looked, I looked at the bar and I, I, I you know, the, the feeling that you get, the feeling that you get when, you know, like you miss a, when you miss like a, when you, when you miss a phone call from, from like your parents, that's probably a shitty analogy. <laughs> when you miss the top step or the bottom step of the stairs and you're in free fall for like a second, but that feeling in your gut when you're like, you just... I, I, every time I would look at the bar, that's what I felt. So over the course of the month of February, I had attempted it maybe five, 10 to 20 times, somewhere in between there. And every single time, whether it was at Coach B's house, whether it was at my own house, wherever I was, you know, CrossFit, Maria, anywhere, any gym that I was in, whoever was around me, every single time I, I clocked it, I stopped. Like I pulled it up. I pulled it up higher than I needed to, to get under it. But every single time that it, it got past that, I could not get under it. I was so terrified and so intimidated by that weight 
that I never thought that I would, I never thought that I would be a good weightlifter again. And then everything started getting worse. I just, there was a period of time. There's, there's definitely a period of time over the course of, over the course of the last six months where I, I wanted to quit several times. I'd wake up in the morning and I would just think to myself like, ugh, like, ugh, I have to train for what? Like, I'm never going to come back. I'm not going to come back. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be me again. Just whoever I was before weightlifting, that's what I'm going to be again. And that, that was, I thought that that's who I was going to end up being. I thought that that's what I was going to do. And it, that was a, that was a really painful thought because I don't, I, I, aside from, you know, my girlfriend and my family and this podcast, like I don't love anything else. Family, you know, family being my team as well. I don't love anything else more than, than weightlifting because weightlifting has, has made me who I am today. And it was something that I was thinking about giving up on. It, it got it got really bad. It got really bad to the point where I, I did not want to talk to any of my teammates. I didn't want to talk to my coach. I did not want to look at a bar. I I wanted to forget about it, but I couldn't pull myself away from it. After when was it? I think it might have been a week or two before. I think it may have been openers. Yeah, it was openers the weekend prior to to going out to the competition. I had tried it maybe six times in a row. We built up to 175. Built up to 175. Then put 180 on. I clarked it two or three times broke down built back up again clocked it three three or four times it was constant it was nothing it, there was it had nothing to do with my body and had everything to do with my mind i could not i cannot do it and i don't know if anybody out there just and knows what that feels like i don't know if anyone out there knows what that petrifying state of fear feels like but after the after the last after the third time that I clarked it, I had I remember picking it up, slamming it in the ground because I knew I couldn't do it. Walking outside and just kind of hunching over, and and my hands were shaking, like my hands were shaking, and I started hyperventilating. I started crying, and it was like it was one of those it was one of those moments where I realized that that fear. That fear that I have is real, and it's nothing that I had ever felt before. But, you know, fear is, is one of those driving forces in your life where if you don't get scared, if you don't, if you don't have that fear, if you don't have the fear towards what you're doing, you're not moving in the right direction. 
So you need that fear to keep you aligned. You need that fear to keep you alive. So that was the weekend prior. So that whole buildup, the injury, getting hurt, losing both jobs, losing pretty much everything. I was just terrified of, I was just terrified of, of who I was at that point. Cause I was not, I was not me. I was not me. I was, I was some, I was, I was definitely somebody else. I was someone that I've ne- that I'd never want to be again. I was someone who was crippled by so much fear and anxiety and, and depression that, that I, that I'd given up the sport that I almost given up on the sport that is supposed to challenge you. And that's why I love it so much. That's why anybody loves what they do so much. You know, if you're an artist, you're going to relish in the fact that one day you were selling paintings at a fucking coffee shop to try to get your next meal and eventually something paid off, you know, it's, or you're a, you're an artist like my friend Ben, like a, a music producer. He's He's been hustling and grinding. He's, he's starting from the same place that we work at. We both work at the tuxedo place. But this kid is making some serious moves. And, you know, he's scared. But he's going to relish in the fact that one day he started at the same place. He started at the same place that I did. Him and and him and I talk all the time about how when 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 we get there, we're gonna get there and we're gonna sit back and we're gonna be like, Yep. You remember when we were sitting at the tuck shop and we were just sitting there talking shit about when we got here? Like if you don't if you're not moving if you're not scared about change and you're not scared about moving forward, it, what you what you're doing must not be very exciting. It might it must not be very emotional emotionally investing. You must not love it. Like you should. So. After. Being a big. Being a big bitch. And and being really scared. And, and intimidated by life. At that moment. Um, there's this movie. It's a little. It's a, it's a, it's a little movie. It's called. Uh, it's called Rocky. Uh, Rocky three, Rocky three. There's uh the premise. I mean, uh, Rocky one, he's an underdog. He's this bum going around beating people up for small old gangster. You know, he gets a shot at the title. He gets a shot at the title and. And he goes and he he gets his fucking ass kicked. But what he the the important part of Rocky One is the fact that he and I'm gonna do a whole episode on on all the Rocky movies because they're great and what what the purpose of them is. But yeah, Rocky One he's an underdog and and he goes the distance. He goes the distance and he goes toe-to-toe with Apollo Creed, the world heavyweight champion, and Rocky gets fucking ass kicked, but he didn't, he didn't want to, 
leave the fight without putting everything that he had out there. And that's the importance of that. He he went the distance. Rocky two, Rocky two is kind of piggybacking off of that one where he he almost did it. He almost did it. And now it's time to do it. And if you haven't seen the movie, I guess spoiler alert, what? The movie's been out since the fucking eighties. So he beats Apollo in number two. And then after that, in the premise of Rocky Three, he has ten title defenses for, you know, the belt. He's a he's a world champion. He's the heavyweight champion of the world and and life is good for him and Adrian and, and their son, little Rocky Robert, or Robert Rocky Balboa. Did you know Rocky's first name was Robert? I didn't. That was a weird thing to look up. But Rocky three, Rocky three is a little bit different. And Rocky three was the first time that the song "I the Tiger" was introduced to uh, to to the world. I think maybe I don't know. You can't quote me on that, but it was definitely I. Th- it was definitely a, a big theme in that movie. Rocky is at this point at the top, at the highest, at the highest that he's ever been. You know, 10 title defenses. He's a excellent fighter, world champion, whatever. And he's getting comfortable. He's getting comfortable. He's getting complacent. He's getting cocky. He's being a little shit. And he's good enough to kind of coast by on it. So, you know, he's doing, he's doing all that weird dumb shit with, you know, going and fight, uh, fighting Hulk Hogan as a wrestler and doing all that stuff. But then, then you see this guy, Clubber Lang, uh, Mr. T, I pity the fool. He, he comes out of, he comes out of nowhere and this dude's a fucking killer. Like this dude is, he's hungry, like number one contender in the world. And Rocky to Mick doesn't want Rocky to fight him. There's a confrontation. There's a small confrontation, and 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 uh, Rocky Rocky kind of asks Mick if he can fight him, and and Mick is like, "Yeah, you can fight him, just without me. It's not gonna be with me." And then they leave, and blah blah blah. Rocky talks to Mick, and he asks Mickey, "Why? Why? Why'd you leave? Why? Why can't I fight this guy?" He's like, "Because." The fights, the 10 fights that you had before were hand-picked fights. They were good fighters, but they were hand-picked, which ultimately means, like, it, it means those 10 title defenses he had were, were they the best, were they the best fighters for that job? He had 10, 10 fights that he thought that he beat them single-handedly because they were the contenders and, and it turns out it was just bullshit. It was just a lie that Mickey told and he'd pick these fighters and, he he won. He won. He's a world champion. So Mickey, and and that kind of fu- well, that kind of fucks with Rocky because he's like, you know, if if they weren't real, if they weren't real, you know, am I am I real? Am I a real fighter? And and Mickey tells him, yeah, you were. Those they were good fighters. Uh, but he doesn't want him to fight Clever because this guy will kill him. Like. Clubber will fucking destroy him. And he wants to do it anyway. 
so they Rocky convinces him to let him do it. He he does it. And then during the fight, uh at the very beginning before the fight, Rocky and Clubber they kinda of walk up to each other and then like they blows are thrown and someone hits Mickey and Mickey starts having a heart attack and and they take him to the to locker room and Mickey's in the locker room just sitting there dying. Rocky goes out and he gets his fucking shit kicked in. Just obliterated. Like Clubber knocks him the fuck out in round three. He knocks him out, beats the shit out of him. Takes takes that belt. He's like, hey Rock, you little bitch, give me that belt. Takes it. And Rocky goes back to locker room and Mickey's there just dead. Like he he goes, he says bye, like he just dies. And and Rocky's fucking upset. He's super upset and he's super depressed because because I mean, were those fights real? That that's the big question. Is were those fights? If I'm not if I if I'm not a fighter, if I if I didn't fight the best person, am I really the world champion? You know, Mickey's gone. Am I real? That's his. That's his whole thing. Am I a real? Am I a real champion? So then, fast forward to later on, Rocky's kind of driving around on his motorcycle. He goes to Mickey's old gym, and Apollo's there. And Apollo tells him, "Hey, I don't like this clubber guy either. Let's, we can beat him. This is what we got to do." He talks to him about how, when he was when when Apollo was at one point where Rocky was where he was a world champion and then he got complacent and then Rocky came along and beat the shit out of him because he had that eye of the tiger. He had that, he had that grit and he had that want, that drive, that purpose to, to, to be a real fighter. And that's why Rocky won because that, that complacency is the death of, of every person, every person. If you're not innovating, if you're not busting your ass, if you're not thinking, What's next? How do we get there? That that's the death of that's the death of, of who you are as an athlete, as an artist, as a person, as anybody. So they go, they train, they they agree to do the fight, and then Apollo takes Rocky and Adrian and Polly. Hey, he takes Polly out to uh to, to LA to, to Apollo's first first gym and they start training and, and Rocky's not being really receptive to the training he's just being a big old bitch and he's moping around can't move he's a big fucking gangly white guy he's just just moving around just a big meatball and Apollo's you know fucking athlete you know great shape Rocky doesn't seem like he's in the best shape. Either he's not in the best shape or he doesn't want it. Turns out he doesn't want it. And that was the uh, and that was the hardest part where you know everyone's there, everyone there is rooting for him, but he doesn't want it. So throughout the the small training montages, the several the the, the small ones, 
Rocky's trying, but he's not really trying. You can see it. He's going through the motions. He's there, but he's not really there. And I watched the movie. I watched this movie the weekend before, before the meet. And I was like, what the fuck? If, if I have never related to anything so much, anything so much other than, than watching Rocky be there, but not really be there. I couldn't pinpoint what my training was like. I couldn't pinpoint what it was like over the last six months. But when I saw that, I was like, that's me. That was, that's, that was me up until that point. No passion, no fire, no nothing. There was no eye of the tiger. There was nothing. I was just going through the motions, just sitting there, going through the motions, not doing a goddamn thing to get better. I was just hoping that one day it would click. So finally, they're on the beach. Apollo's racing Rocky. Apollo's racing Rocky. And Rocky just stops midway. He's having these little flashbacks to all these flash forwards or just little, little, the fear thoughts in your mind, the the thoughts in your mind that are invasive, that, that the, the, the thoughts in your mind that are invasive and take up all that space where if you don't shut that shit down quick, they fester and they grow like a disease and it's it's terrible that's exactly what happened to me it was just festering in my mind like the 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 snippets of what rocky was seeing was him being knocked out and falling on the ground and dying and mickey dying and aging crying it's just a bunch of terrible awful shit that was just happening that hadn't happened hadn't happened yet there's a chance that it could have but wasn't but that's what he was afraid of. So he slows down. Rocky runs. Apollo keeps running. Rocky slows down. He just stops. He just stands there. And Apollo turns around. And he's like, what's the matter with you? He just yells at him. Like, what's the matter with you? And this is where it all changed for me. The Sunday. Oh, no, no. It was the Saturday or the Sunday before. That was the week. Yeah, the weekend prior is the. We had heavy singles on that. Yeah, openers for me were on Sunday. So we try to hit those openers on Sunday. And then I had work. And then I came back home. And then we watched this movie. And that's what happened. The turning point in the movie, which is without a doubt probably one of the better speeches that I've heard in a movie was the scene when Adrian walks up to Rocky and she asks him, what's the matter? Well, she asks, really, I mean, the question she asks him is, why did we come out here? And he says that he doesn't want it anymore. And she says, if it's over because you want it to be over, good. I'm glad. And he says again, he's like, I just don't want it. And and she says, you know, as long as I've known you, you've never quit anything. 
And then he starts talking about how. Then he starts talking about how. He. Those fights weren't real. The fights that he had weren't real. The, the, the 10 title defenses that he had that Mickey had set up for him were not real. And if those weren't real, he he's not real. He doesn't believe in himself. He doesn't believe in his capability, who he is as a fighter, as a person. And that's the thing. When you're a fighter and, and you don't believe in yourself, that's it. It's over. He's finished. That's it. And and Adrian asked him that he's like, what 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 do we have that can't be replaced? Because he said he previously he previously said he doesn't want to lose what he has. And she says, what do we have that can't be replaced? We have a house, we have cars, we have money, we have everything but the truth. What's the truth, damn it? And he yells, I'm afraid. When he yelled, I'm afraid, I'm sitting on the couch eating dinner and I'm fucking bawling my eyes out. I'm, I'm about to right now, oh my God. He said that he was afraid. And and I and, and I resonated with that because because I was afraid too. I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of everything that I was afraid of losing everything that I had again. So I lost. I had lost my talent, my ability, my jobs. I felt like I lost my teammates, my coaches. I felt like I lost everything because I had gotten hurt. Uh, and and. Trying to do that weight again, I felt the same exact way. The weight feels the same, and and I was just afraid that I was going to lose everything. You know what? I think. Let me. Let me do this because it's probably better that I just read it. I'll read the whole scene. If I can do that, Rocky three beach scene script. Oh, that's very, oh my gosh, that's a lot of spaces. There we go. Found it. Okay. So here's the transcript and I can read it. Thank you for thank you for uh for being patient with me. <laughs> there was a lot of silence for the last couple seconds. But here it is. She asks him, Can I talk to you? And I want to ask you something important important. I wanna tell you I want you to tell me the truth. Why'd you come here? I just don't want it no more. If it's over because you want it to be over, then I'm glad. And he says, I do. It's just that you've never quit anything since I've known you. 
And he responds with, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, what happened? How did everything that was so good get so bad? And she says, well, what's so bad? Tell me what? And then he responds, I, I wrecked everything by not thinking for myself. You know, why couldn't Mickey tell me where I, where it really was from the start? He didn't have to carry me and lie to me and make me think I was better than I was when I wasn't. And she says that he never lied. He's like, those 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 fights weren't right, Adrian. I never fought anybody in their, in their prime. There was always just some angle to keep the title longer than I should have had it. Do you understand? And she says, you got to understand that he loved you and that was his job protecting you. And then Rocky says, protecting doesn't help anything. It makes things worse. You wake up one day thinking that you're a winner, but you're not. You're really a loser. So we wouldn't have had the title as long. So what? At least it would have been real. And she says it was real. And then here's this is the important part. Nothing is real if you don't believe in who you are. I don't believe in myself anymore. When a fighter doesn't believe he's finished, that's it. And she says, that's not it. Why don't you tell me the truth? And he says, and I say this part to Bailey a lot. She's like, what are you putting me through, Adrian? You want to know the truth? I don't want to lose what I got. At first, I didn't care about what happened. I'd go into the ring. I'd get busted up. But now there's you. There's the kid. I don't want to lose what I got. And then she says, well, what do we have that can't be replaced? What? A house. We got cars. We got money. We got everything but the truth. What's the truth, damn it? I'm afraid. All right? You hear? You want to hear me say it? You want to break me down? I'm afraid. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. And And... Yeah, that was that was the point that really turned for me personally. I, I thought, this is me talking. But yeah, I was sitting there crying my fucking eyes out because that was me. So back to the script. Adrian's afraid. She says that she's afraid too. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's like, there is, there is for me. There is. And she says, why? You're human, aren't you? I don't know what I am. I know I'm a liar. And because of that, Mickey ain't here no more. And then she says, you didn't push him in anything. He was a grown man. He did what he had to do. And you have no right to feel guilty that you don't. You were a champion. You did what you were expected to do. You did I, what everyone thought that you should do. And you want to tell me that those fights weren't real. And I don't believe it. But it doesn't matter what I believe. Because you got to carry that fear inside of you. Afraid everybody will take things away. That you'll be remembered as a coward. That you're not a man anymore. Well, none of it's true. But it doesn't matter if I tell you. Because you're the one that's got to settle it. Get rid of it. Because when the smoke clears. And they stop chanting your name. It's just going to be us. And you can't live like this. We can't live like this. Because it's going to bother you for the rest of your life. Look what it's doing to you now. Apollo thinks you can do it. So do I. But you got to do it for the right reasons. Not for the guilt over Mickey, and not for the people, not for the title, not for the money or me, but for you. Just you, and just you alone. And then he says, and if I lose, then you lose. But at least you knew with, yeah, at least you lose with no excuses, no fear. 
And I know that you can live with that. You know, and Bailey was sitting on the on the on the couch right next to me, and the last couple lines of Mushy, he goes, "How'd you get so tough?" And she's like, "I live with a fighter," and he's like, "I really love you. I love you too." And I I'm very fortunate to have my own my own personal my own personal Adrian in, in my own life, someone who's not afraid to call me out on on my shit like her. But that was that was the turning point for me. Because yeah, I was afraid that everyone was going to take everything away from me again. I was afraid that that I was going to lose. The and when I say lose, I, I was afraid that I was going to get hurt. I was going to lose everything because I had lost everything when I got hurt the first time. And, and that was not going to sit well with me. I, I knew that it was going to be an issue. I knew that there was going to be a problem. And it was a whole week away. So I had a week to prepare mentally. Long story short, after that, Rocky starts training and starts kicking ass and starts looking more like Apollo and training. And then he goes and he smacks Clubber and makes him his bitch. Takes that title back. But it was the, it was that talk that I, I listened to that talk every day, five or six times a day throughout work, throughout my drive, throughout everything, just to, just to remember what it meant and what I was dealing with personally. And, and I'm glad, I'm glad that that happened. I'm glad that I went through that. I'm going to pause right here and I'm going to make sure that my cameras are still recording. Okay. It's always a good thing to record on two cameras because one of them is going to stop recording at some point. Oh, fuck. Okay. So I had the whole week to prep and prep mentally. I was watching the video and I was feeling, I was feeling back to my normal self, like back to, back to the, to the, weightlifter that I was before I had I had gotten hurt and it was I felt good for the first time in a while and it was it was it was invigorating it was it was one of those things where it was I'm I, I felt like I was back but I hadn't done anything with it you know because I hadn't put myself to the test I, I wasn't sure where I was at and and the f- lo and behold, the first time that we were going to do it was going to be the time on the platform. And so be it. So I had to get through the first couple of days of work. And that fear stings. It, it leaves a scar on you. It, it doesn't go away. And every single time you're going to kind of swipe over it and you'll, you'll swipe over it and you'll nick it. And I don't know if you ever cut a scar, but a scar hurts when you cut it. It just reopens and everything just comes out. But that fear was still there. And then, you know, I finished work on Wednesday. And when I drove home, I, I, I bought the Rocky soundtrack. 
I bought the Rocky soundtrack. I, after listening to David Goggins, he there's this one song that's called the. It's called. Oh my god! Why am I blanking on it? I listen to it so much. Oh my goodness! Okay, it'll come to me. But it's a song. Oh, going the distance. Fuck! It's called going the distance. It's a song that plays through a couple of the fight scenes and a couple of the training montages. But it's I, that song is my that song is my alarm in the morning. So I, I listen to it and I, and I want to get out of bed. It makes me want to get out of bed. So going the distance and and throughout the week I was listening to that song on repeat and, and Eye of the Tiger as well because Eye of the Tiger is a really... If you listen to the lyrics, it's exactly what happened uh, to, to Rocky. It's exactly what happened to me, but there's a, there's a specific line that's... When, when he's talking about, oh, Maul, shut up. Maul, shut up. Shut up. Maul, shut up. Uh, there's a specific song, a specific lyric in the song uh, where he's talking about when you trade your passion for glory. So, so many times it happens too fast. You trade your passion for glory. Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. Is it from Tiger? Is it Just so you know where you're on the song. Uh, but yeah, I was you know those lyrics ring true. It's it's the same thing. It was I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there thinking about the glory of what it is that I do and, and where I want to be as opposed to, as opposed to, you know, the fact that I've come from being nothing in the, in the sport that I didn't know anything about and then getting pretty adequate at it. You know, I, I traded that passion, traded the passion that I had for it, for that, for that glory. And, and it definitely showed So we drive out to Vegas Thursday. We drive out to Vegas on Thursday. No one competes, so we have a full day. We have a full day of just chilling and, and relaxing, maxing all cool. Um we go, we watch some weightlifting, we do the uh we do the training hall, we chill out, we we do all that cool stuff. And then and then uh, Saturday rolls along, and on Saturday, uh, on Saturday, we uh, we have Bailey and Megan compete, and they both competed. You know, and it's for me personally, it's it's really I, I get a lot of anxiety watching both of them lift, really because I know what it's like to be out on a platform like that, and it's oh my goodness. Like I, I understand. Oh my God. I feel so, I feel so bad for Sage for having to watch us all lift because it's so emotionally draining. You should see some of the pictures of how she's looking at me when, when I lift, she's covering her face because she's so, so anxious. But, um, so they, they, 
they they had their fun over the course of the week, and then it was time for them to compete. They competed, and you know throughout the throughout the days, I'm just trying to sit there and survive and relax and make sure I'm not doing anything that's overexerting. Even though we're in Vegas and we're walking everywhere, going to all these stores and eating. Um, but I think it, unfortunately, unfortunately for, unfortunately for Bailey, she, she, she bombed out on clean and jerk and that last, that last one was really shitty because she had ended up hurting her elbow on a jerk that she had made and that really sucks. So her and I just kind of stayed in, we, we went to dinner that night, we stayed in and, and it just kind of hit me that night where it was like, okay, this is, this is happening. I didn't compete until 6 PM the next day. So I had a full day ahead of me of just walking around and and thinking about what I'm going to do sitting, trying not to let this fear just come and take me. And, uh, I hope that I, I, you know, I, I try my, try my best. So that morning, that morning, I spent a lot of the day alone. That morning, I woke up, went downstairs, uh, went downstairs to watch some weightlifting, watch Maddie, Maddie Rogers, and that whole session. That was really cool. And uh, we went to, I went to the buffet alone, sat there and ate by myself, and tried to sit and and not let the fear come out and. It was not working. The closer I got to it, it was not working. So what I had to do, what I had to do is I, 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 it's just what I had to do. I had to sit there and write myself a note. I wrote myself a note from a, from an outside perspective. It was my, my other self talking and the other self is, Something that we'll we'll talk about when we talk about Napoleon Hill and and his rules and all that stuff. But there's there's a the two versions of you. There's a a version of you that's find three versions. The person the, there's a version of you that's normal. It's easy yes no decisions. Just knows right from wrong. Then there's a version of you that's fearful and depraved and anxious, all the bad qualities that steer you to make negative decisions. Most people run on those two. Now there's a third person, uh, an other self that is nothing but courage and decision-making and life. Like everything that you've learned from life, it's all stored in this one person. This is who you are and who you can become, but you have to let yourself, you have to let your other self take control. So I sat and I wrote a note to myself saying, I'm done. I'm done letting you take in, I'm, I'm done letting you take control and, and, and steer us into something that's so full of fear and anxiety that, that we can't perform. As soon as we step up from this, from from this restaurant, from this table, I'm in control. I'm in control. Your other self are, are in control. Is in control. 
I'm the person that was made through all the struggle and all the pain and everything that we've experienced. I'm, I'm that muscle. I'm that reflex. I'm that person. And I'm going to take control. You can reap all the benefits from my taking control and everything that, everything that we do. You, you can take all of it, but I'm in control. No more fear, no more anxiety, no nothing of any outside. All that's left is just you in the bar. And that was, this was at 11 in the morning. So I was, I was my other self for a really long time. But when I stood up, when I, I, I stood up out of that restaurant, I left. I, I felt like a weight was lifted off of me. Ha! <laughs> I felt like there was this really big, really heavy load that was just kind of lifted from me where I didn't have to worry about anything else. I didn't have to worry about work, fear of getting hurt, anxiety, pain, all the stuff that I've been worrying about for six months. I didn't worry about that anymore. So I went, finished watching, I finished watching, finished watching this session, went back up to the room I rented Rocky three and I was just enough time to watch it, to watch it before I had to go weigh in, but I had stopped it on purpose at the part right after Adrian tells Rocky about everything that happens or just tells him about how you have to get rid of that fear because right after that, after the training montage, oh, I was after the training montage, that's what it was. It was after the training montage where right before the fight, right before the fight, because I told myself that I was going to watch it after I had gone and done what I had to do the same way that he did. I was going to watch that fight afterwards. So I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting in the room and I'm, I'm letting the pressure come. I'm letting it. I'm letting it come and, and try to crush me, but I'm not. It's not happening. It's not working, and I'm I'm f- finally ready. So it's time to go weigh in. I just walk downstairs, weigh in, declare the numbers, all that stuff, and that was good. It was good. It was a good weigh in session. I saw a bunch of guys that I didn't know, and a bunch of guys that I did know, and yeah, I weighed in at 145, so I wasn't too big. And then I went back upstairs and we just kind of sat there and, and laid around for, for a little bit. And then it was time to go downstairs and I put my headphones on and I started listening to, I started listening to going the distance and man, you gotta, you guys have to listen to that song. Just look up going the distance on YouTube or whatever. You listen to that song. You understand. I listened to that on repeat the entire way down. And then we sat down in the corner and then took my headphones off and then just let the noise of the the back hall of the training hall just kind of make its way into my head and it's really loud it's people cheering there's weights stuff the smell it's think of your element of what it is that you do whether it's baseball or football or weightlifting or you know performing on stage acting filmmaking editing anything think of your element the top level of your element and 
the, the, the place where you have to perform the best and, and what that environment is. And then that's what it was. That's, that's where it is for me. Earlier in the day, I had messaged one of my, one of my, one of my good friends, JP, that I met at, at, uh, at coach B's house. He's a retired Navy SEAL. He lives out in, in, I'm not sure where he lives. He's a retired Navy SEAL and, and he's probably been in some shit. I kind of assume that he's been in some shit because he's been a Navy SEAL. And from everything I know about Navy SEALs, those, those guys are hard. So I assume that he would know something about fear. So I messaged him earlier in the day when I was at breakfast and I asked him, Hey, JP, I, I'm at the same hotel, same platform. I'm scared. I am. I'm scared. I'm sure that there's been times where you've been scared. What have you done to deal with fear? And, and he didn't answer me. He was actually on a plane and Megan and Bailey came back to take my phone away from me. So they record my lifts before the competition. And then they came back and they were like, Hey, there's a message for you. And it was, it was JP. And the message was regardless of how you feel, you have to remember your training. Remember everything that you've done up until that moment and, and remember your training. And that was it. He said, get some and fucking a, <laughs> if the, if that wasn't one of the most motivating things that that's ever, that's ever happened or ever said to me. Before, before we wait, before we started the competition, I, I sat down with Sage and she asked me because I think a couple days before we had left, they, she had to do a CrossFit workout. She had to do like 19.2 or something. It's a bunch of clean and jerks and like toes to bar. And, and she, her loving words, she said that she bitched out on it and, and she did. I saw her do it and she quit and, and she was telling me about how before before she went into it, she knew that she wasn't feeling good. And, and she was telling Charlie, her coach, about how she felt. And, and he asked her, what are you scared of? And she, and she told him. She told him. And she got it all out there. And then she asked me the same question. She asked me, what are you scared of? And I had held this in for six months. I had not told her about how I felt, what I felt. None of it. I hadn't. And and it finally came out where I told her that I was afraid that I was going to hurt myself. And in the course of, lo- of, of hurting myself, I was going to lose... I was going to lose the ability to lift weights. I was going to lose my talent and my skill. I was going to lose my friends. I was going to lose my coach. I was going to lose her. I was going to lose everything that I have built in the last couple of years. I, I was afraid that I was going to lose it. And I'm sitting there in the back room next to my coach, next to Sage, and I'm just sitting there crying. And there's all these big burly men, and I didn't give a shit because it's, it's my journey. It's, it's my sport. It's what I do with it. 
And after that had happened again, the second time, the second time in that day, I felt like a huge weight had been lifted before I actually had to go and lift those heavy weights. And it was like, that was the last thing that I needed. I, I felt like I could do anything. The uh, our last competition that we had before it, uh, like a month or so ago, I bombed out on snatch. I bombed out on snatch. I didn't make any. I hit my ankle with the bar. There's a contusion on it. And then I didn't even do clean and jerk. I felt like I disappointed everybody. I felt like I ruined all the progress I had made. And again, it was because I was there for the wrong reason. I was going through the motions of that competition. I wanted to beat somebody instead of beating myself. So this meet was different from the get. It was me beating the best version of myself. And and then the competition started. And then, uh, you know, warm-ups were, warm-ups felt fine. I had to, Sage told me that she was going to start me a little lower, and, and we did, and, and that was fine. It didn't matter. All that mattered was how I did against myself. So he opened up a little bit lighter on snatch. I hit 135, and I missed the last two snatches, but that was okay because the real challenge was going to be in clean and jerk. We opened up with 173. Yeah, 173 on clean and jerk. And that felt great. I fucking, I don't know if anybody knows anything about weightlifting, but when you're in the back room, the back room weights feel a thousand times heavier than the weights on the platform. It's some weird phenomena, but God damn, do they feel heavy. So everything felt heavy. Everything felt terrible. But Sage was telling me how they looked. They were like the best clean jerk she's ever seen. So I was like, okay, all right. So 173. And then we move up to 177, which at that point was the heaviest clean and jerk that I had done since since the competition in September of 2018. And we went up there, and I went up there, and, and I did it. I, I I cleaned it, I jerked it, and I I was happy with it. I was proud of it, you know. Uh, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like one of those, one of those things that I needed something heavier than 175 because I'd put so much pressure on myself. And then it was my final attempt and she had bumped me from 180 to 181. She said, fuck it. Fuck 181. Oh, fuck 180. We're going to go straight to 181. And I was Okay. I trust her. I trust her with my whole heart and my whole life that, that she knows what she's doing. So we went 181. I went up there. She told me that I had earned it, that I had earned, I had earned that lift. I had earned 181 and, and there was no fear. There was no fear, no, no pain, no nothing. There was nothing there that was going to stop me from lifting that bar except myself. So, I walked up, I walked up to, I walked up, I chalked up, put my feet in the resin. I walked up to the platform, rolled the bar a little bit forward because it was a divot. And while I was walking up to the bar, I I just looked at it and I said, I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, enough is enough. Just do it. Just do it. 
So I, I went up to it and I grabbed it and it was probably one of the best cleaning jerks that I've ever done in my entire life. It was really, it was, it was really good. And there's a, there's a photo. There's a photo on, on that we got later on from lifting life where I, I'm kind of, I dropped the bar and I'm looking at the camera. I kind of look off to the side after I'd done it. And the look on my face, like I had already had tears in my eyes when the bar was coming down. Like I was so relieved that that bar didn't kill me. And it was, it was, it was amazing. I was really proud of that moment. I was, all these lifts are on Instagram if you guys want to watch them. But it was one of those moments where I, I, I was, it's, kind of amazing what what you can do when you when you think about when you think about it and you let your other self take control you can do some amazing things so i i did that clean and jerk and and immediately i didn't care if it was red or if it was white it was white and and i solidified it and that that had got me second place oh do but i didn't care about winning i didn't care about getting any medals that wasn't the point it was just doing it and that's how i know that i love the sport it's not about the glory it's it's the passion so i hopped off the platform when i hop off the platform i i ran up to stage and i hugged her and i i started crying like the most that i had probably cried in a long time because you know i had done it and i, I didn't think that i was capable of it until it was time to do it. Yeah, and then that got me Yeah, that got me the the the, the funny part about all of it is regard I, I wasn't playing I didn't try to win in Clean Drug. I didn't try to win anything. But with that 181 kilogram clean and jerk, that got me a gold medal in the clean and jerk portion of the competition. And it's probably the thing that I'm proud of the most, like in my entire life. That's probably one of those things that I've like that medal it means the world to me. Like I, I I can't imagine. It's just it's just kinda it was just kinda surreal. I didn't want to win, I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to beat myself and in that moment, in that in that opportunity I, I I ended up winning in the thing that I was scared to do the most, which goes to show you that you don't start growing. You don't start getting better until you fucking reach the upper maximum, that, that maximum level of your comfort zone. <sighs> yeah. So that was a competition. We left. We, we walked in the back. Sage told me that she was proud of me and, and I was proud of myself and, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm very fortunate and very lucky, and and I love every every bit of my, my team, my coach, everything. I love this sport. I love everything that I do. And then afterwards, they left because they had to go back home, and then, and then. Bailey and I went to Black Tap and, and we had a, a really good, really good burger, a really good shake. And then 
we ended up coming home on that following Monday. And she's okay. She's doing better with her injury. I'm, I'm really excited to... Uh... Yeah, the other good news was on our way back from from the meet, my coworker told me that he could cover my store for the weekend of nationals, which means that I can go to nationals and I'm going to nationals and we have eight weeks to prep and I'm, I'm excited to do that. This, yeah, you know, it, if there's anything that you guys can take away from this episode, cause I know it was a lot of weightlifting and a lot of talking about weightlifting, but fear is, is the ultimate motivator. Because if you're not doing the things that scare you, you're you're not really, I mean, are you really living? Can you say that you're honestly living and, and doing the things that you're passionate about doing? I'm more I'm more proud of the f- fact that I I'm I'm more proud of the fact that I made that last clean and jerk to prove to myself that I can do it when all bets are off. Everything is against me. I, I, I talked to Bailey and Megan and Sage afterwards. I, I not, not so much Sage, but Bailey and Megan, they were like, yeah, we didn't really think that you were going to do it. <laughs> I was like, thanks guys. But I did it. And and I'm really happy that I did it. So that was a trip. That was the weekend. That was that was the last couple of weeks. And and I hope that uh, I hope that you guys all enjoyed my my story, my podcast. And thank you guys for for staying tuned in and and staying keyed up on on everything that's going on. And I appreciate you guys tuning in and and making sure that you're you're getting your your cues in and, and trying to find out the cues that work for you. So I appreciate it. Thank you guys. I love all you guys. And, uh, yeah, please, please feel free to reach out to me directly on the Gmail or the, the Gmail or the, uh, the Instagram or my Instagram, whichever way, whichever way you want to reach out to me. If you have any questions you want to, wants my advice you want my you want my take on some stuff i would love to do that um i'm gonna next episode i'm gonna talk uh next episode i'm i'm hoping to get some some good emails or some good uh questions on on some advice that i can hopefully give i have a i have a couple lined up so that that'll be fun and uh i i'm gonna definitely do some more in between cues hopefully the next one i can do is with uh with with sage we'll find some time to do it so thank you guys i hope that uh hope you enjoyed this this podcast and thank you just thank you for listening to to what i had to go through the last couple months the last six months if uh if i can do it if i can do it anybody anybody can do it so thank you guys love you guys you guys have a have a good night or good afternoon good morning whenever you're listening to this All right, good bye.